my son, my wonderful son, Harry Abelson, tells me, Ma, knock it off already. But no, no, not with Keaton. He was loving the music. And he knew the music. He knew that song, the way it goes, right? I think that's, that's all. Um, what a great song. And so there'll be a lot more music. Uh, there'll be a lot of when talk. I when I go. When I go. Uh, ugh, sorry about that. Um, you know, it's, it's the age. You know, I hate to say it, but I butcher, I butcher, I'm like the well, Bowery Boys. We want to hear. No. <laughs> And, and you're, you've become your mom, where my mom would just sing lyrics that were not remotely close to the actual lyrics. No, well, sometimes I can sing the right lyrics, okay. but sometimes not. But I usually, but what it is with me, and it's true of Ashkenazi Jews, actually, I am an Ashkenazi Jew, and happy Hanukkah out there, for those of you, this is the end of it, this is the uh, eighth day of Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. Put your, uh, menorah. Put your menorah in the sink, there's a lot of candles tonight. No. We're done with candles. Actually, last night was the last oh, night of lighting okay. candles. Samantha right. enlightened me because it ended at sundown today. Okay. So, but anyway, um, Ashkenazi Jews forget the, uh, our names. So I remember everything. I can tell you every line of dialogue we've discussed, but I can't remember names. It's like a thing, and that's like a it's like a proven thing that that's a, a flaw of Ashkenazi Jews. So I'm blaming my hair. Does that come up in Twenty Three and Me? Can't <laughs> so, remember names. So. I, I'm, I'm, so I'm refreshing to see who's with us. Hi, Ross Mark. I love you. Um, so anyway, and I know one of Keaton's really big fans was like waiting and ready before. I hope she's Isn't on the right thread. Deborah? No, her name is um, Kimberly. Kimberly. Kimberly, I hope you're. I hope you're on the right thread now, Kimberly, because you were on a different. You were on the little intro one before, so I hope you people get moved. panicky when I, you're on the wrong thread. You, where is it? I, hope I don't see it. I hope you've moved to the right thread. So so anyway so. We're going to talk about Keaton in a minute. First, first, we're, we're going to, okay, so I just want to say for those of you out there who don't know, so Keaton's mom is Eliza Roberts. So cute. So, and we were in the M word together, and his stepdad is Eric Roberts. So cute. So cute. Oscar uh, Academy Award nominee for Star 80, and, and uh, you know, he's just an amazing actor. And and they are going to be with us next week. We are going to go no, gorilla. We're going to be with them. We're going to be with them. We're going to, we're going to go gorilla, and we're going to be in their house like we were then. So yeah. maybe they'll be half naked in Uggs eating pizza. We should bring Ed Asner over. We should bring Ed with us. We should. <laughs> Santa, special delivery, <laughs> Santa. So anyway, so next week's going to be big fun. But not. As, but I'm 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 so here now. I am so here now. So okay, I am here now. So. Okay, what did I, no, see, see, I have it on the wrong, on the wrong that page now. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is ah, I want to talk about how this show comes to you. Sure. It comes to you because of Rick Smokey and Quick Impressions in Chicago, who make all my stuff. They made these tissue boxes, which are really cool. It has all this promo stuff on it. They make my lovely business cards two-sided. My book on one side, all my stuff here. The bookmarks also for my book, two-sided, which are so cool. My pads. Do they make mugs? They make mugs. They make all kinds of things. And what's great about Rick and Quick Impressions is that they're the nicest people to work with. He, he's such a good guy. And if you mention Louise or me or The Road Taken, he's going to give you a deal beyond belief. And so also coming to you... This show is coming to you because of Nicole Venables, who has the Ruby Begonia Salon. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, I, we, I asked, my daughter Samantha's in town, and I wish she would do like a little spin around on the camera like last time, but <laughs> she doesn't want to do that. Do you want to come around and, and be in the, in the picture for a second? Come say hello, so everybody can know who you are. Come here, come say hello. I, I'm making her do this like without, but this is Samantha, this is my girl. <laughs> and she's home from college for, for just a few weeks, and so she's, 
She's helping. Uh, she gets us. a free bookmark. She does, honey. Oh, so, so she's you. helping us tonight. So I love you. So, um, so thank you. Um, anyway, so, um, so Samantha helped me to put um, some waves in because Nicole, when I left her salon, yeah. But when I left Nicole, when I left Nicole's salon, she put spray in it, so it all all the curls stayed, and it looked like wicked fantastic. Too bad we didn't have a show that night. But, but she did do the, the cut and the color, and she's fantastic. And she dresses all these uh, uh, Hollywood, uh, she's, she's on at least two shows currently that she does the hair mm -hmm. every week. And she does like a lot of movie sets, and she's got a, a cute, beautiful little salon in Studio City. And she's so much fun, I just adore her. So, um, and you know what, she'll play whatever you want, I bet. So she had some great Spotify list going on when I was there, but I bet, and I think she even asked me what kind of music I liked. Oh, I think that's part of the haircut. So um, the Ruby Begonia salon does the name Ruby Begonia strike. Do you remember that? Nobody remembers that. All right. Well, anyway, it was like a line from an old movie. I think it was a black and white. Who remembers those? I, I, do. I do. So okay. So it's the, it's our holiday show. It's mm -hmm. almost Christmas. Um, so. It's an interesting thing for Jews on Christmas. Like we, I got invited to a screening today for Christmas Day, mm -hmm. but a movie I already saw. You know, Smith and I weren't so excited. So we are, we we do the Christmas thing. We watch Love Actually every Christmas Eve, mm -hmm. and we watch Elf every Christmas Day. It's a mm -hmm. tradition. We're gonna make cookies. We're gonna cook and all that. I've been cooking all week, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah, I know. I haven't cooked. Harry's like. I've been eating crap all year long. Samantha comes home and I start cooking. Well, that's just the way that goes. As long as he understands how it works. And that's how it works. So, but if he left and it was just Samantha and I and then he came back, I would cook for him. I would do that. I would. Made latkes, we made chili, we're going to be doing chicken parm. We're gonna, yeah. So anyway, I saw the most incredible movie that I just want to mention because there's some great movies this season. I, I'm, I'm really... Um, quite. I, I talked last week about Hostiles, which I loved with uh, Christian Bale. On Sunday, I saw The Shape of Water, mm -hmm. and I have to tell you, I am not into fantasy and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm I, give me story, give me character, give me dialogue. I beautiful. I don't care. Yeah, special effects. Sp not the special effects don't do it for me. Right. But The Shape of Water is one of the most extraordinarily magical, beautiful films I have ever seen. A love story, unusual love story. It's just phenomenal. I cannot recommend it highly enough. And it really kicked off my holiday season nice. Oh, but the, it, it ends like with this French song and it, it was, you know, you know oh. a little of that going on. So today, speaking of which, today of course Facebook is taunting me because I had a little romance uh, with a Parisian. You had so a French kiss. I had a French ah, kiss. So I did have a French kiss. So Facebook's been putting all this shit about Paris on my wall every day because they're torturing me. Oh, so today I took the thing, you know, go to Paris next weekend. And so I took the thing and I put it on my wall and I wrote, and I went, I wrote, fuck yourselves, you know, fuck yourselves. <laughs> and so I get this note from Brian Chatton, our good friend Brian Chatton from, from Britain, who uh, drummed with Phil Collins back in the day before he was yeah, famous. And, and with everybody, Brian's got a book coming out, uh, Rock and Roll Royalty, and he'll be a guest on our show soon. But anyway, Brian wrote me a message and he said, you've been hacked, honey. And I said, really, why? He goes, go look at your face. He calls it face cloth. Go look at your face cloth. <laughs> so I go look, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, there's an ad for Paris and a fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. I said, hello? <laughs> he said, I didn't know you were one of the boys. I was like, what planet have you been on? <laughs> like, you don't know me by now? I don't know. 
But anyway, so I thought that was very funny. Um, so anyway, the, so the shape of water is not really my genre, but mm -hmm. sometimes it's important to, be, to have an open mind and reach outside one mm -hmm. genre. But our guest tonight is right up my genre. Right. He's he right is right up my genre. He is in my genre. He is my genre. So Keen Simons, he has played, he has shared the stage with Coldplay, with Snoop Dogg, with Chris Cornell, and uh, on the Chris Cornell video, uh, he was cited as being one of the five best, it was one of the five best guitar uh, solos uh, of, the, of the year. I mean, mm -hmm. like crazy stuff like that. He's been on The Tonight Show. He's been on The Late Late Show. He's been on The Ellen DeGeneres Show doing his own music. Um, and uh, he, he's, he, uh, David Duchovny is in his video. We're going to have to hear about that. I mm -hmm. mean, uh, because, because Evan Handler... The, the other half, the other half of Californication is our is one of our people. Mm -hmm. Evan's done the road taken. He's done women who ride twice. Evan's standing on a chair next to me while Earth Wind and Fire was playing here on my birthday and and taking videos. That was so cute. I did a cover story on Evan for Reimagine Magazine about his cancer, about his actually about his thriving from mm -hmm. cancer. But anyway, so we know a lot about Evan. We don't know a lot about David, and I know David and and Keaton are tight, and. Um, and, and then he's got this very interesting um, family dynamic, which yeah. is going to be very compelling. They need a show. They need a show. Yeah. And so. also, Keaton is just the deal. He's so good. And, and you know, so when, he, when, when an artist transcends generations, when my kids and I can listen to the same music and love it equally, that is a rare and wondrous thing. And so I'm going to test it out on my mother later. Because if we get my mother, yeah. then, where, where, then, because I know Grandma Lila's into it. So we're going to, anyway, so without any further ado, we are going to bring on, we're going to say goodbye to see Twelve. Okay, let's bring on Keaton Simon. The senior demo is loves it, so don't. So you, you shouldn't so, have too much. So have anymore. you have you done senior demo shows? <laughs> no, I haven't done any homes or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, but, but uh, my last few shows have basically been senior demo shows because because my, my grandma Lila comes oh, and brings all her friends. I love it. And, and do they do they do they appreciate it? Do they oh like it? Oh my god! And they, they appreciate it, and they're not they're not shy to tell people to shut up. Yeah. But Lila has kicked people in the audience for oh yeah. yeah. So, so will will they scream like louder, or it's too loud, or no, 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 they, it's it's, no. it's it's never really too loud for them these days. I can't hear it enough. That, that's, that's a gift of age, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. All right. I, I didn't know that it was it was in born in our genetics that we Ashkenazis can't remember names. I'm using that as an excuse from now on. Okay, you th uh, you think I'm making that up? No, I, am, I don't. I am not making that up. I actually know. read it, and when I read it, I was like, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Because because it, this, it isn't age-related. This is something I've suffered with my entire... Me too. Right? I've forgotten some people <laughs> names. Like, on the spot, I've forgotten yeah. names of people who I know their name, and that's the most embarrassing thing in the world. Or you can't introduce to them, and like two minutes later, oh, it's gone. But but the, but the thing is, yeah. I don't know if this is true of you, yeah. I can remember every detail of every conversation. I wrote a book about it. Yeah. I don't have my book. Louise, can you bring yeah, me, uh, would you do book. me a favor? And sure. Yes, I'm going to give you one. I have, I have a, a, an extremely interesting working memory as well, especially for long, long-term memory. Do stuff. you? I, rem I memorize. It's underneath 
where the where the printer is on top Movies, of the printer. TV shows, everything. So you can remember that. dialogue and stuff like that. Yeah. And no. memories from your youth. You, yes. You get yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I can remember like so. Here it is. So it's don't jump, it sex, drugs, it. rock and roll, and you're yeah. fucking not my fucking. <laughs> and uh, but it's not my mother because I love my mother. But um, anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure that you get one of those. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, and you can get yours, and yes, it is a great, you know, you can order it Amazon Prime, and you'll have it way before Christmas. Yes. And, um, and it's a wonderful Christmas present. It's joyful. And there's also an audio book, which Ooh, I recorded cool. in Call Line. Did you? you oh, yes. Fabulous. Yeah, I, I've uh, lent my voice to two audio books what, now. What, what did you Both do? Both Jan Hunt, uh, okay. thenaturalchild.org. The first okay. one was called The Natural Child, that uh, book, and the other one was called The Unschooling Unmanual. Both that sounds child. very serious. Oh, it's super awesome. It's very, very wow. I'm sure of child development. And, nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So, Keaton, yeah. before we get into your whole career, and we'll get and we're going to do the trajectory of that. Um. In fact, let's start there. Okay. So, you're a little kid. What do you want to be when you grow up? When you're little, little. When I was super little, I wanted to be in science. I wanted to be a scientist. I, in fact, actually, when I was when I was really, really little, I, and I have this recorded when I was. Three or four years old, yeah. I said to my mom, I don't want to be a husband. I want to be a scuba diver. And she said, well, you can be a scuba diver and a husband. Oh, and I yeah, said, Eliza, go. Uh-huh. And I said, well, can I be an astronaut too? That's it. So I was, I have not, I'm, I, I can scuba dive. I'm certified for Really? That. Not a certified astronaut, although I have been to, to space camp. <laughs> you did? Yeah, my dad, Jimmy, okay. he did the movie space camp. You know my dad produced Malcolm in the Middle. And you know I do not know about that. Yeah. Okay, so so tell 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 us about your dad. My dad is super awesome. Jimmy Simons, producer. Okay. Uh, space off, camp. Space camp. But moonlighting, Malcolm in the Middle, Lois and Clark, and then now he's doing the Santa Clarita Diet on uh, on Netflix. I wonder if he's wow. the one that I saw at the thing. He looks like me, so I'd be able to... Wow! <laughs> you know, like I him. know nothing about you. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So you come from, like, showbiz royalty. I do, I do. All right, so when, when... Yeah, on both sides. So, so when did the music start for you? Always. I've always been musical, and I wanted to be a scientist, but, but uh, I, I never thought about a job. Like I didn't. I grew up in such an unorthodox family. Uh, my whole family's in the in the arts, you know, film and television. So nobody worked normal hours. I didn't know what nine to five was. I, the ah. song I loved, the movie I loved, I loved Dolly Parton. Had no idea what they were referring to whatsoever <laughs> until I got old enough to like have friends who had jobs, and they started saying, "Well, uh, I'm like, well, what time are you gonna be done with work?" They'd be like, "I'll be done at like five. I'm like, "Damn, that's a late night and working until five in the morning." That's what I thought. <laughs> my, my parents would regularly and still do work twenty hours. Days of course, of course. My house, we're all up till five in the morning, also, so I get it. Yeah, nine to five, I thought it was nine a.m. to five a.m. It was a twenty-hour day. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so when did you pick up a guitar? Uh, I picked up a guitar when I was twelve, but I started playing piano as a baby, and my mom oh. plays, and so I could play anything I saw from a little baby. Speaking of the memory, weird memory stuff, that all ties in with with my recall. Did you read music? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh -uh. Do you now? Uh, I do, I can, but I don't read music fluently. I write more fluently than I read. Oh, I never, right. I never have occasion to read music. I never, it's, it never has been necessary. Okay, so what about when you're playing with other... It's all in, in you my just, ear. It's ear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, and what about when you write a song and you're mm -hmm. orchestrating it for other people to... 
I can write it out, but most of the time people do charts. And you know, I just made my last record with brilliant producer and Marshall Alden in Nashville. And the way that they do it in Nashville, they've got it down to a complete science there. They have their whole, their own notation system called the Nashville Number System. Really? Yeah. And that way you can, it's quick notation. So every time you get on the record, I had the best Nashville musicians wow. in the studio with me. It was unbelievable. We listened through to the work tape, like demo of me, you know, acoustic with vocal. And one of them, we switch around. Yeah, each one would chart it out. I have all the charts at home. I can't wait to like frame, frame those up. Write them all out. We go in, knock it out, go maybe a couple times through, and then move on to the to the next. How one. how long did it take to do the whole record? I was in Nashville for a month. I was there for mm -hmm. all of September, mm -hmm. but I gave myself time to hang out, get in the scene, get in the vibe. I love Nashville, and I have a ton mm -hmm. of friends who live there, a ton of friends who have moved there, mm -hmm. and and I never moved there. I'm I'm born and raised in L.A., mm -hmm. and so L.A. is 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 very comfortable for me. It's my home. My whole family's here and stuff. But boy, do I love Nashville. And so, and this was been, the this most is horrible. What? Come and on. Like one of my what oldest friends, Conta Linda, Linda Udell, lawyer, she's, yeah. she lives there, yeah. and I've never been. It's horrible. It's ridiculous. Well, and on. have a ton of friends that move from New York down to Nashville to play music, of course. Well, it's on and cracking. I got to, I got to play at Bluebird Cafe. Oh, I've heard about it. I know about it. Wow. Unbelievable. And I've played a lot of shows in Nashville, but I've never played at Bluebird before. Wow, yeah. nice. Mm -hmm. So, so tell us. So, since we're here, tell tell us about the new the new record when it's coming out. So that the new record, uh, it's called One Two Three Go. It's an EP. I like releasing short form uh, collections of songs. And people are going to stream them anyway. Exactly. No, and they listen. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that song When I Go has one point six million. One point six spins. million. Spins. Five thousand. One point six million plays on Spotify. That's super nuts. One point six million. I found out it had a bunch. After it already had like eight hundred thousand, and I and I was like, Whoa. I knew when I was saying it, I was completely off, it's and okay. I was like, What am I doing? No, no, no. It's, it sounds even better now. Wow, it does. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it does sound better. Yeah, well, so but the fact that it's got over five million views on, know, YouTube, on YouTube, that's it's, crazy. It is crazy. And the, the 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 videos that I did with with Cornell, um, I just found another one today from that from that session live at Sirius XM. We did an acoustic thing as a trio, me. The amazing Brian Gibson playing cello, and then Chris, of course. Is okay, so now, ha oh, I love, I, I, all right, we can cut around. I know, so how did that happen? How did how did you hook up with well, Chris? Well, let's. So I, I got hooked up with Chris actually through Eric. He was in the in Eric the video for step yeah through Eric, my, my stepfather in the video, and he did the thing that sometimes works and sometimes really puts people off and says like, hey, you know, I got a kid who plays music here. Check this out. <laughs> I and, love this so much. And he actually said. He said to Chris, because Chris told me this story. Eric, Eric tries to cover his really? tracks. Really? Well, no, he's he's the big like he's the biggest supporter, and he he's he's completely shameless. He will hand out. He will promote me in any circumstance. Did you see the the thing that he did at the VMAs when we weren't even speaking? He got up at the VMAs to present. He was, we have to talk about. We'll this. talk about this whole thing. Well, he got at the no. VMAs and used it to plug my record that at the time was shelved by Warner who had dropped me with the head of Warner didn't even know they had dropped me because they all were lying to each other and me. Well, what year was this? Oh, so, oh, wait, no, no, that would have been oh five or something. Or so he was promoting you even though you guys hadn't been speaking for years. Yeah, we hadn't spoken in years, but he was still, yeah, he was still. <laughs> I, 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 My see, mother is powerful. See, also, when, when we reunited, that was one of the things that I really realized was that because I had kind of always been like, oh, whatever. He's just whatever my mom says to do, and he does it. But that's not true. 
I mean, it is true, but it's not true in that case. It's not at least that wasn't the driver. I could see his heart. Okay, we have to talk about this now. We're yeah, gonna, we're gonna, we're, this is not gonna be a linear presentation. I'm sorry. It's no, with we, but this is like life. We're gonna be here now. We're gonna go from moment to moment. Okay, so you're a kid. You yeah. have these amazing parents. Yeah. By the way, Liza um, uh, is a an actress. Yes. She is. Um, she's she manages uh, yes. Keaton. She manages Eric. Yes. She has many other clients. I've been trying to have a business meeting with her for months <laughs> to talk about it. Um, Good. You my manager's pushing me to 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 to, to spread my wings. Oh, Mark Freezer, love you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, Eliza's amazing. Yeah. And um, okay, so producer, she produced Don Kirshner's rock concert. Get out okay. of here! Wow. She was when I was born. Uh, that's where I grew up as an infant on that on that set. With, I loved that show. Yeah, Chuck Chuck Berry came and said he told my mom that he needed to put. She needed to put ear protection on me because it was too loud. And then she said, that, that, he said, that, uh, that kid didn't grow up to be deaf or a musician. <laughs> well, <laughs> he was right. He was great. Um, okay, so at what point do your parents split up? How old are you? I was seven and a half when they split up. And you have a sister? I have a sister. Okay. I have a sister. Y younger. Two and a half years younger. Okay. Yeah, amazing, amazing chef. Uh, high bake shop. A catering company. Those are both. What's the name of her catering company? It's called A Catering Company. A Catering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I and like the, it. And pie bake shop. That's the one. Really, a pi pie bake shop. It's nice. Like Delicious. Creative. Everybody's smart and creative. Um, okay, so you, your parents split up. Is this yeah. traumatic? Uh, yeah, it was traumatic for me, especially at first. Um, yeah, at first it was it was traumatic, and then I, I remember pretty quickly kind of realizing that it was better better mm -hmm. thing for both of them, healthier for them to have that kind of distance from each other. But um, but it, it got a little funky during that time. You know, my my mom was working a ton. She was working in casting at that time, mm -hmm. and she was casting. She was like doing kind of everything, and and what she still your, your, your mother's right. like exactly. So she was. The you know, twenty-hour day, right? So many of the artists, you know, the, the only reason I know David Duchovny is because my mom, you know, launched him essentially. I mean, Tell the story. All right, we're in we're in the David Duchovny story now. The, so, so how did that happen? Well, you know, my mom's always been a champion for for talented people, uh -huh. and as an actor herself, and the casting director and, and manager, and so on and so forth, she, uh, you know, she just discovered talent. She would never, she wouldn't take no for an answer. So a lot of them ended up crashing with us, babysitting me and my sister. George Clooney lived in the house, babysat us. J Jeffrey can I Dean in? Morgan, Eliza, can calls I Jeffrey in? Dean Morgan now. Jeff Morgan, who was like, I mean, okay, so wait, so, so go back. At what point in, in Clooney's career? At what point in David Duchovny's career were they? Before. Before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did she find David Duchovny, for example? You know, I don't know how they very first met, but she mm -hmm. just recognized his talent. And at first, he had a really hard time. He was he auditioned a ton mm -hmm. uh, uh, before getting it. I mean, not that that's uncommon by any stretch. Right. That that's the majority of, right. of the actors, unfortunately. Um, I would say it's so sad. Most actors don't ever get a chance to actually practice their craft. Right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to do music otherwise. Like I don't like. You know, like I love playing covers of songs that I love that I really admire, or if it's a song that's fun and somebody loves it and I can figure it out or I know it or something. But in general, for me, if I'm not the one creating it or able to really practice my artistic craft, then it, what am I doing? Right. So, so you knew David since. So I knew David since, since I was you were, eight, since you were something at seven or eight, wow. and and uh, and then when I grew up. We became grown-up friends. I was on an episode of Californication. That's how we like really, oh, that's crazy. really connected. Uh -huh. And 
he was he was starting to to play a little guitar at that time, and I kind of became his like music guru. And then we started working on some music together. He was he started writing some songs. He's got like a bunch yeah, of music out, like a lot of music. Yeah, mm-hmm. like other people do his music now. I saw that. Oh, oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, there's a, a woman singer I just saw on his Twitter. Mm. Yeah, somebody else is singing his that song. Was yeah. So and yeah, and yeah. he's on your video and you're. He in was he got was super supportive when I put out the beautiful pain record. Um, I started my own record label to do that, nice. and so having him to to help with that, he was the exact producer of the of the video and nice. the little cameo and stuff. And he got so behind that. I mean, we made little videos together. He was trying his best to help me push that out there as best. That's really cool. And and George, I, I, I'm sorry, but I have to stop mm. here for a second. George Clooney was in your house. Clooney was was our babysitter. <laughs> it was I think it was after Facts of Life, but it was before ER certainly. Hysterical. Yeah. Uh, George's uh, aunt, who's actually his age, yeah. uh, Bridget Clooney, mm-hmm. is a good friend of mine. And hi, Bridget. Ah. A little shout out to Bridget. Um, so she showed, she was trying to match me up with George when he was in between nice. uh, women and she showed him my picture and he said something really lovely and that's as far as that went. George, that's, really? Yeah, follow up on I it. I mean, come on, George. <laughs> look what you look, got, look what you got look, now. Look All right, okay. So anyway, so, okay, so you're 12 years old, you pick up a guitar. Right. 12 years old, one of my best friends in the world, Jesse Krakow. Amazing musician to this day. We still play music together. Um, Did you go to like Hollywood High or Beverly Hills High or something No, I like went that? to Oakwood. Oh, oh Oakwood. Mm-hmm. okay. All right. Tell me that. I had always, I've been singing the song since I was born. I was I'm born into the Beatles. Okay, Dylan, so tell us. Dylan, Hendrix, Doors, I Jimmy love your Mitchell, cover, Janis Joplin. So that's today. what you heard in the Masters of War. Love that it. was I, th- th- That's gotten some really cool uh, places. I did that live on a, on a show called American Dreams. You remember that show? I know. Well, okay. So now the we have so many six degrees. Yeah. The producer of that show was actually uh, we were going to work together. So ah. uh, the creator of that show, mm-hmm. so um, Jonathan and um, Wait, was Jonathan Crane? Did that? No, not Jonathan oh. Crane. And I'm oh, no, not Jonathan, excuse me, Jonathan Prince. Thank you. Yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan Prince, Prince. Um, who I've known since I was little because my mom casted Throb. Oh, Do you remember God. the show Throb? Oh my God, I remember the name. I don't remember the show. It was about a radio station. And Jonathan was the star. He was the lead. No, and Jonathan lead. was married to Julie Warner, who's mm-hmm. I adore. I love her so much. Oh, oh Ju- Julie's the best. Hi, Julie. And and Jonathan's fantastic too. Hi, Jonathan. I Hi, love Jonathan. Jonathan so yes. Much. Uh, so- oh my God, he's he's so awesome. He put me in another uh, one of his projects called Novel Adventures, uh, some years back. No, that oh because of Novel Adventures, uh, Champagne Joy, who passed away, uh, who was going to produce Women Who Write, and wanted to take it to television. She connected me with Jonathan Prince yeah. uh, because Jonathan had done Novel Adventures, yeah. which was like an internet exactly. book one of the first, thing. One of the first, one of the first shows on the internet. internet things, yeah. That's right. And so he was going to, oh, but but actually we got sidetracked because oh, yeah. Champagne wanted me to, not you and I, but Jonathan and I, because Champagne, mm. Champagne wanted me to pitch Women Who Write to him, but I was pitching Hey Vicky and Jonathan got on board with that, okay. which was sort of a behind the scenes how I chase people to get them to be in the living room and how they end up there. Yeah. So, but anyway, Jonathan's great. And, is so and great. Uh, Tom PC was the one who set up the meeting and it was fantastic. Yeah. Hi, Tom. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, okay, so. So 12, learn how to play guitar, start playing. I'd already been playing piano and just caught whatever I could, saw my own play. I mean, we're talking Beethoven and Vivaldi and Bach and so on and so forth. And, and so, you're doing that without reading music? 
No, that's crazy. Watch, I would watch her play, and then I would play it, wow. and so that was how I did it when I was a little kid. I, I can't even do it quite like that anymore. I mean, I kind of yes and no, but but it's. I mean, on guitar, I could totally do it now, but on on piano, there was. I remember it so well. I mean, it was that way for a lot of my early childhood. But anyway, so uh, and I was singing from the time I could talk. So playing guitar. It and how are you doing in school? Uh, I was doing well in school. Yeah, I was doing well Because you were in also like that science kind of person. Yes, yes. Wow. And then I ended up like, all I wanted to do was music. I I did a, uh, I left high school and I did an accelerated homeschool program and graduated when I was 16. My mom also graduated from high school. I also went to Oakwood and graduated when she was 16. I did wow. And, uh, so now is yeah. your dad putting you in anything? My dad, my, uh, yeah, I've, I've had stuff on Malcolm, but my dad's, my, my mom is really, um, very, like, she, she's, she's tactless, you know what I mean? Like, and, it, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's good to be tenacious and it's good to be persistent and so on and so forth, but <clears throat> I'm not the type to annoy anybody. You know I, I, mean? I, I, I don't, your mom is not tactless. Okay. She's not tactless. She you're, can you're, be. I, I yeah. wouldn't call it that. Your mom is... Is good at what she does. She is very and she good. knows how to do it. Yeah. And she knows how to be persistent and she knows how to be tenacious and she Absolutely. is very good at doing her job. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't think it's tactless. I think well, she's okay. good at her job. Yeah, no, no, I can I can I can definitely understand why that is. I just I get concerned that people get put off. You know what I mean? And that's that's the thing. Because people do get put off and then it reflects on me and I'm saying that I how so? People who won't work with me because Mom, yeah. Come on. A lot of people. Really? Yeah, it's really it's terrible because she's so wonderful. Because I she's love because her. she's such a fan. She's so because it's over. It's over. It's overwhelming. It's <laughs> people get inundated. They get turned off. They don't want to deal with it, and then I get kissed off, and I'm just sitting there going, but I'm just a really? guy. But but now for Eric though, yeah. who she manages, yeah, his IMDb currently, how yeah. he's got like. 30 things in pre-production, yeah. post-production, it's pretty all the time. Well, yeah. It's, it's, it, listen, first of all, the, the film and TV world has that, that uh, faction of it. it the, the equivalent of it in music is really not what I, I do. You understand? Like, you know, so it's because you can do a thousand projects a year if, if if some of them are student projects, a bunch of independent stuff, stuff overseas, stuff that's straight to, to DVD, straight to internet, right. whatever it may be. For me, that's like the equivalent of me playing covers at a at a coffee shop or something. That's that's but like when, or you being uh, playing with Chris Cornell. Playing well, that's a whole different. No, that's an honor. That takes. No, but my what I'm saying that you could do a lot of that stuff. Oh yes, no, but to me, that's that is like the equivalent of playing a supporting role in a film. You yes. know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. like that's not that's that is that's my Batman. To, to Eric, you know what I mean? It's a it's a it's, it's a relatively small role, but people remember it. It sticks with you. It's an amazing credit, and it was an amazing experience. That to me is like my Batman equivalent. I but the you. equivalent of a straight to internet a movie that's that's just you know. But my mom has a great work ethic, and and we come from a family that is not shy to work very very hard. You know, we're we're all super educated and work really hard and are passionate and obsessed with our work and our and our craft. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a there's not a lot of separation between personal and professional life within my family, which creates some really amazing, productive, fruitful dynamics, but also some challenges. 
Okay, so let's talk about it. So how old, how old were you and your mom and Eric got together? Uh, I was 12 when they first got together. So it had been, and uh, my mom had a couple other like boyfriends. Uh-huh. Uh, She's gorgeous. Like. My, yes, my mom was gorgeous, but it was it was a tough time because we were little, and my mom was really kind of acting out and doing a lot. Like she was working super hard, but then she was also just needed to kind of blow off some steam. Right. She was newly single and blah right. blah. But meanwhile, we were a little young for 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 that. So mm-hmm. we were we got. You know, from from. A Are you person, going back and forth from your mother to your father? How is that? Mostly working? with my mom, right. but she wasn't. She there. most wasn't there most yeah. time. So so it was. So my sister and I were very. Uh, we we grew up unattended, quite a bit. I was I was alone. Yeah. I was just yeah. Yeah, and I that's it, that, again. That also has its to me. It has some great advantages and yes. some disadvantages. Yes. Um. Obviously. I understand the strive for balance and so on, but if you can't take and extrapolate the positive growth points from all of your experiences, right. then we're wasting your time. Yes, yeah. and and also it does us no good to be angry, to regret, to any of that stuff. Can't go back and change it. So take the good stuff, grow. Okay, so you're 12 years old when she yeah. connects with Eric. Yes. And what is it like when you first meet him? He's a he's he's a big when star. First met Eric. Yes, yes, right? he, yeah, he was absolutely yeah. a big a big uh, star. You know, more so even than Julia at the time. Mm. He, was, he was really getting behind her and championing championing her, giving her all kinds of opportunities. What what, what year is this? As a as a friend of It would have been. Let me see, because uh, well, I'm I'm trying to let me let yeah. me make sure I got the timeline right. 12 would have been 90. So in 1990, that's before Julius like was, like was the it? number one box office, really? I think so. Because yeah. before Pretty Woman, and that's it what was really before Pretty Women. Yeah, that was it. And then there yeah, was yeah. the other one, the like uh, one where she's a rock and roller on the road. But it wasn't. It was really Pretty Woman. Oh, Steel Magnolias too. Though. Steel. I think Steel Magnolias was after Pretty Woman, wasn't it? Was it? I think so. I, whatever. I, the chronology. But at any rate, yes, Eric was definitely but a Eric celebrity was at the time, yes. for sure. I mean, but uh, celebrity was completely different then, as you know. I mean, the whole world of what a, what a celebrity is now, it's hilarious, it's amazing. Uh, Eric can speak on it because he's been through it. He was a celebrity at the height of when it actually meant something to be a celebrity. Uh-huh. You know? Before reality TV. Exactly. Everybody and star. went all the way to the point where right. now everybody's a celebrity. Everybody right. with, a set with an arm and a finger and a phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, a, it's pretty amazing to, to watch that happen. But uh, that wasn't I wasn't particularly bowled over by that. I grew up in an industry family, so was, right. So your you know father's I mean? already was my babysitter. Had, so it was did your father already have shows on the air? Yes, my dad would, yeah already moonlighting and all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah, oh, so I grew up on, on the set with, <gasps> with Bruce Willis and, and, and Sybil Shepherd. Oh God. Yeah. She was every young guy's wet dream. And my mom, yeah. all the shows that my mom did. I mean, my mom did and movies and stuff too. You know, Look Who's Talking and Knots oh. uh, Landing. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you meet Eric, and what's your dynamic so, yeah, with Eric? Met Eric you... At first, at first, it was like, you know, my mom does, did not have a good track record with with dudes, so I was I was uh, suspicious, rightly so, okay. up front. And at first, it was cool. We really we had a cool connection. Things were good. Mm-hmm. And then, um, did he, had he been married before? He had, he had never been married. He has never been married to anyone except my mom. Okay, yeah. so he didn't have kids. He, no, no, he, he did he, have a kid. Oh, he, he did have a married. kid. Okay, yeah, he just hadn't been married. Oh, right, I know Emma. Yeah. So, so Emma was a baby. Okay. And uh, and and yeah, he and my mom were, were together and I went and spent some time. I spent like a whole summer in New York, in upstate New York in Rhinecliff, going back and forth in the city sometimes, but 
he had a really cool place in, in upstate New York nice. and we would spend a ton of time there. And we really connected and got close, but also got like, you know, I started to see some stuff that I didn't like and, and uh, Was we, Emma in the, was Emma no, around? No. She was with her mom. She yeah, she was just a little baby. I mean okay. we saw I saw Emma sometimes, but right. her um, you know, there was some supervision to the to, to, to the visitation and stuff like that. Uh -huh. And there was a lot of court stuff that, that was it was pretty lame at the time, you know, people were heated and they hadn't mm -hmm. had time to kind of get calmed down and not have mm -hmm. hurt feelings anymore before they make decisions, you know? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but, but anyway, so, uh, you know, I had some moments that were really great and really connected with Eric there, but then some moments that were really legitimately scary. Mm -hmm. And he and my mom got married while I was there in New York. So is his personality, was his personality there that, because, Eric Roberts scared the shit out of me for the first 10 years of who I knew who he was because of Star 80. Right. I mean, I saw Star 80 and I just assumed that's who he was. Yeah. I mean, it well, was that really is not hard. who he is. No, I'm not at all. I know him right. now, but it was very hard to separate then, Completely. right? Absolutely. So, so what was the... So you had this good stuff going on with him. What was the trouble that you had? With well, him? there was. I mean, he was still at that time uh, using stuff that he has not used for many, many, many years. Okay. So that was those things that, that you put up your nose and stuff. That kind of that stuff kind and of the stuff. things that you drink. Yeah. From that, yeah. You know? um, and so, so you know, there was like a there was a little while that was just so God, I just saw some scary stuff, you mm -hmm. know, and, I, and it was it was rough to be. Um, to be so young and to be around all that stuff. It was just me and I kind of was expected always from a very young age, way before Eric came along, to kind of, I, I had to be like the, the, the adult and the mm -hmm. kind of voice of reason. I mean, not, not that, uh, not that my dad isn't isn't that way. That's kind of he's naturally that way. He's very really good at that, very mm -hmm. paternal in that way. It's just that at, when I was young, he was working most of the time. He was on right. vacation most of the time. And then when they split up, we wanted to be with my mom more. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, for multiple reasons. You know, mm -hmm. not the least of which being that we, you know, it was we were alone, so we were scared sometimes and didn't know what was going on, but we could do whatever we wanted all the time, pretty much. You know, yeah. and we, we had to figure it out ourselves mm -hmm. and we did we figure out ourselves you know but then so with Eric uh, that I was with them there then and I've been living with my dad mm -hmm. with my dad for a while and it was great actually a great great uh, experience living with my, my dad who's super productive and healthy and structured um, and I have a tumultuous relationship with that whole thing okay you know, routine can be very <clears throat> off-putting for me mm -hmm. um, but, but I, I excel in a structured environment. I think we good. all, I think freedom comes from structure. I oh, think. absolutely. Yeah. Creative, absolutely. A necessity, being the mother of invention, mm -hmm. you know, creative uh, solutions to, to mm -hmm. problems or parameters. You know, that's, what, that's where the best creativity comes from. But anyway, then I went to go live with him and my mom, and yeah. it, got, it got bad. Uh, it got rough. I was, I was 15 doing a lot of drugs, he was still on a lot of drugs. Um, I, you know, they had this, this big house. I lived separate from the house above the garage. There were always friends there. It was loud music late at night. Uh, we got into this whole thing where I was pissed off at, at Eric. I didn't like the whole dynamic. It was a very, like, um, it was just very uh, volatile and, mm. and 
uncomfortable and unpredictable and unsafe, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and I wasn't, you know, I was 15, so I, I you know, that's the time in your life where you think you know anything, basically. Everything? Right? Yes. You know anything. I, I've learned mm -hmm. that I, you know, know almost nothing uh, from that point so on. I'm so much older than I'm younger than that. Well, cool. you know, oh, thank you very yeah. much. Yes. Exactly, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, mine too. But anyway, uh, so so yeah, I was like I wanted to I wanted to rescue my family, my sister, my mom. We were all there, and it was a really beautiful place. But it was so hard, and it was scary, and I was super depressed, you know, every day. And it got bad. And you know, we were in therapy, and I was trying to work through a lot of suicidal stuff and deep depressive stuff. And and I was like, I can't I can't handle Eric anymore. Like like he can't talk to me, he can't like confront me, like they, I can't have that ever again. Like that's, I'm gonna flip out, you know, if that happens again. And then- Was he trying to parent you? No, he wasn't trying to parent me. He was just, um, it, it's so hard to describe. I mean, I think you know, anybody out there who, who's had any experience with, with serious mood swings, kind of unpredictable mood swings, bipolarity, uh, depression, those kinds of things. The Absolutely. things where you're acting in a certain way and inside yourself you're going, what am I doing? Why can't I just stop this? I'm ruining everything. I'm like messing people up, hurting people, hurting myself. That, that I think is the place where he operated from, you know, right. so much of the time during those days. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that was a long time ago. Right, right. And, and so, so anyway, it all came to a head. One night I was playing music way too late. Such an asshole, and playing so you kind of so he would come at you and you would push back. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It got it got yeah. to a point where he would come at me and I would push back, and and I said, "Don't don't mess with me again, or I'm gonna beat you up," you know. And he and I had this bat upstairs that was red, waiting, ready, ready for ready for this potential situation, and. I was playing music, it was too late, and he came up like all mad, but being, but like, you know, it didn't approach me in any kind of a reasonable way, not that it doesn't matter, it, it, but, yeah. but it was a very, it was a completely unreasonable, everything about the situation was handled unreasonably, uh, not the least of which being that I went and got a baseball bat, and, and, I and, heard and, this on Dr. Drew, I was like, oh my god, yeah. Go I, didn't, I didn't like beat him up with a baseball bat, anything like that. I wanted to have some sort of force protection for myself. I was, I felt. Had he ever physically no, he come just, at you? No, not like, not as such. I mean, there was never a, uh, I'm very fortunate in that I've, I've lived a life relatively free of any kind of physical abuses. Mm -hmm. um, but I've had a tremendous amount of experience with emotional, psychological, uh, and just environmental, mm -hmm. you know, um, just stuff that a kid, the age that I was during my life and things that I was exposed to at those ages, it's very, it's, you can't avoid damage. And Absolutely. so it's, it's really, it can be very frustrating for me sometimes because to me, this is like common sense stuff. Like this is a three-year-old child that can't be in the room with somebody who's throwing shit through walls and stuff, you know? Right, because that's that, you know, and so it's hard because now here here we go. It's like, thanks a lot, guys. You have enough common sense to be like, let's go into another room or something for a minute. And now I spend my whole life, you know, dealing with a lot of a lot of pain and issues around that kind of stuff. But we all have our, our things that we that we deal with. Um, 
but anyway, I when I you know got in the situation with Eric, I was fifteen or sixteen. I guess mm-hmm. I was like just sixteen, and um, I had friends over at the house. Uh, my sister was there. She was. She had these her drumsticks. She was trying to like to defend and. You know, I felt like I was defending myself and I wanted to take the girls with me. I wanted to take my mom and my sister and be like, let's, you know, like anything is better than this. You know, I'd watch the movies like uh, uh, Boy's Life and that kind of stuff. And I'd be, uh, my mom would, oh, those would be her favorite movies. And I would, I couldn't even watch them. I was mm. sick to watch them because I was like, how can you see, how can you watch this and then not, and then keep us in the in a situation like that's crazy. Like, are you rooting for the villain in a in a movie about like escaping abuse? That's a crazy, insane thing. And so for me as a kid, it was very devastating and confusing. And so that's what I thought I was doing. It was like, and that's what I did for myself. I was like, I'm out of here, and you guys come with me. And that was not in the cards. So what? Ha- so so you had that altercation. With I had the altercation. You left. I left. They stayed. Um, they stayed. Both of them. Both of them. I left, I just kind of like figured out, stayed with friends and stuff like that. I remember I realized that there's nothing to do. I was like, there's did nothing he, to did do. Did he try to fight back or did he just like... Uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah, he did. He absolutely, he, he, he charged me. Mm-hmm. He saw that I had that bat and he charged at me. Otherwise, I, I, I wouldn't have gone after him to swing him because I, I, I swore that bat at him. He was running toward me to barrel over me. And, you know, that's... The man is like a tank. I've seen him fall off and stuff right on his back and wake up the next day and remember it happened. And wow. Stuff. Just like, yeah, he's like a tank. But so anyway, I left. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was so overwhelmed physically. I went upstairs and was dry heaving and I was a white as a sheet and just, it was a very, very intense experience. I remember it vividly and mm-hmm. I always will probably. Um, and then I, to my friend's, we got in a car and left. And I went and to stay at a friend's house, stayed with some friends, realized there's nothing to do except eat in the world. And then uh, and then I, my sister said, I want to talk to you and present an idea. And my mom and my sister had formulated an idea whereby my sister and I would move into our own place. And I was How old is 16 your sister and she was 13. Oh, God. You were now responsible for your sister at 13? Well, we, yeah. It was that was way anyway. Well, kind of. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, my mom was around way more often at that time. It was during the, the like, young, like, shortly mm-hmm. after the, my parents got divorced that, she, that it was, you know, it was before cell phones, before pagers. This was, this was I'd wake up and, and walk into my mom's bed with a nightmare because I was, like, eight. And it was the bed made and that way for days and I had no idea where she was or how to get in touch with her or when she was ever coming back or if she was ever coming back or anything like that. And, and you're cooking for yourself? No, no, no. We had, we had like babysitters and stuff. You had babysitters? babysitters. Yeah, totally. Okay. But they were so usually you were, kids. They were usually like 17 but or 18. are they sleeping over? Is somebody in the house with so, you guys? Most of the time we had people there staying. But yeah, most of the time. Sometimes not. Sometimes I just didn't know. I, I wasn't I didn't know and I didn't know what it was going to be at any point. So now you so now yeah. she puts you in your you she puts you guys in your own place. Yeah. And how far away is it from where she is? Uh, it was it was pretty far. It was in Van Nuys and they were in Silver Lake. So I was we got it was I don't even it was understand how, le- how legally you know this happened. This was not legal for people to underage people to live in this house. She, she we rented a house that was me and my sister. Was your sister going to school? There. 
Uh, yeah, she was going to school then. I had already graduated from high school. And but she, <coughs> but she was still going to school. Uh, I would drive her sometimes. My mom would come and get her. Or friends, we had a lot of, you know, I, I had a lot of friends, she had a lot of friends, but I, I would drive her to school sometimes when we were living out there. But that house was insane. I mean, it was... It was Party a, house? Yeah, it was 16 to 17. She was 13 to 14. Uh, of, you know, my mom had a room, but she was pretty, there pretty seldom, you know? And it was crazy. It was, I mean, again, there was something that... There's something about that that was actually really great. It was certainly better and healthier than it was in my previous living situation in that house. With and your father was okay with this? My dad was not okay with it. This if is he had what known I'm thinking. about it, no, my mom... Oh, he didn't know about it? Well, he knew he had a peripheral information about it, but if he, you know, I, I think he also saw that... It's not like we were sitting there going, look at this terrible thing happening to us. We have our own house. So we can do whatever we want. You know what I mean? Like, we thought it was great. You know? So it wasn't, my dad wasn't even, he would not have been met with, with, uh, with the glee if he had come and said, I'm taking you kids out of this and you're going to live with me and do homework. We would have said, no. Right. Well, I already graduated my school anyways. It didn't matter. But I was so playing music all the time, 24-7. College? No college? I ended up going to college and graduating from college early as well. But I went to college. It was so funny because, of course, all my friends thought, oh, you know, he's just not going to do this, not going to do that. I ended up graduating before like half of my <laughs> friends who said that from college. What did you study in school? Ethnomusicology. World Music Studies. Wow. Okay. That's intense. Mm -hmm. All right. So you guys, so you're basically raising your sister here. Kind well, of. I was raising, raising myself herself. and she was raising herself. I was trying to help, but we were, I, I don't know that I was much more of a parent to her than she was to me, maybe slightly, maybe ever so slightly. And there's nobody cooking time. the food, cleaning the house. There's a lot of delivery, but we, Morgan and I both cook, Morgan's a chef now. Morgan's okay? a chef, so we okay, both, this makes good sense. Right, so both of us, I mean, from the time, we were watching cooking shows from way before Food Network and, and cook whatever it is. Uh, you're watching Julia Child and shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Frugal Gourmet and all. <laughs> so now, so you know how to cook? Obviously yes. you must. Mm -hmm. And you probably know how to do laundry and how to do I learned how to do laundry later. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know how the hell any laundry ever got uh, So did your mother arrange for there to be like a cleaning person? Yes. A cook? yes. Did somebody do Not the shopping? Uh, no. My, my, you did we, your own job. We would do that stuff. I think my mom would do it. We ordered delivery. A lot. We weren't, I wasn't eating a ton of food. It was mostly, uh, I was... Junk. No, 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 no. I always ate healthy mm -hmm. stuff. Like, I didn't eat red meat at that time. I was, you know, mostly vegetarian, but I just didn't eat all that often. I was, it was, I was more interested in drugs and music. Then I wasn't yeah, This story is absolutely killing me. All right, you know what I think we need? Yeah. I, I think we need a song. Right exactly. Now. I okay. Think we need a song, and then we have to come back. I need to emotionally gather myself. You, okay. Okay. Wow. You're a mom. This I, is I'm the a thing. mom. You're, this story is fucking killing. My kids are going. She doesn't leave us for three hours. <laughs> let alone for well, the thing days. is, my my mom and I have that type of relationship from birth until I was about four. Where we were absolutely inseparable, and then it was such a stark difference yes. at, during that time. And it was tough, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what, like, I can, I can be as judgmental as I want from this point of view, but it's very difficult. And one of the things that I've learned above everything through my life is 
really like it's so hard to understand where a person's coming from and how, how to, to really see something from someone else's point of view or to truly form an accurate model of how a person might feel if they were in a certain circumstance. We all are so good at saying, oh, if I happened to me, then I would do this and that. If I was on that we plane, then that. I would have done. I'm sorry, that just, I, from my own experience, from my observation and my own personal experience, that doesn't contribute one way or another. I, I, it doesn't give me any better or worse idea of my likelihood to, to behave in that way. I have and to I also have to say that, you know, I only know your mom, if I, I know Eliza for like the last, I'd say, eight or nine years yeah. or something, and her devotion to, I mean, I, oh, yeah. it's like the, it's, it's the opposite yeah. extreme. Yeah. I mean, like, just. She's very, she's an extremist, you know. I, I um, for me, listen. There's, it's a combination of stuff. There's a part of her that feels some guilt for the for the the neglectful mm -hmm. periods of time. I really wish that would stop because to me, that's talk about a waste of time. You go, oh, you know how bad you feel. Let's let's talk about how bad I feel now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh great, thanks yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, you can't go back. You right. know what I mean? You got you got to go forward. Uh, but then also. You know, a lot of it, is, it's the truth. I mean, we also have a, a kind of a family business as we're creative people, you know what I mean? And we work, it, what what I love, because my mom is not my manager, but she... Oh, she has, I didn't even know. Well, she is, she, she's my kind of de facto manager. Okay. <clears throat> I've had lots of managers, mm -hmm. some great ones, some less great. Uh, my mom's always there. Nobody, she won't go away even if I beg her to go away. So there's, there's no getting rid of her. So she ends up being my manager. She has been the the main driving force. I've had some other amazing people behind this, Beth Wernick and some other incredible people. Uh, but my mom has been the main contributor to all my film and television placements. Absolutely. Which has been the, the most successful avenue of my career thus far. So tell, tell us a few. Well, when I go, the one from Suits, the one that has a million and a half on Spotify and five million on YouTube and stuff, you get it on iTunes or, or Spotify or Apple Music, whatever you wish. Uh, it's called When I Go. That one was featured on Suits in the mid-season finale. Amazing. Incredible. Um, you know, I mean, there's been so many. And then through my dad, we were, I started talking about it. I was on, uh, I did a couple episodes of Malcolm in the Middle. I love while that. He did it, but it was great because the way that my dad did it, it was it was Brian Cranston who put me on one of the episodes that he was directing because he was a yeah. fan of my music because yeah. my dad gave it to him in a way oh, where he it. received it beautifully and then when it was time for him to direct an episode and he thought of me to do it rather than being inundated or forced to feel pressure you know what I'm saying so it ended up it ends up being uh -huh. way less prolific you know what I mean the, the, the numbers are nowhere near way more stuff from other. your mom and her of brother. course but. The stuff that's come from my dad has been super quality stuff only. And very cool. Super cool. Way Brian Cranston's music. Exactly. Holy shit, right? yeah. And, and, and also, um, there's no, one, no one's ever said to me, um, I, can't, I can't work with you because you of, of Jimmy. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that to me. So that's, you know. Nobody's ever said that to me about anyone else except my mom, so that's, that's okay. Well, you know, it's a mixed bag. It's you, a mixed you, bag? You get a lot of love and you get a lot of, you get a lot of attention. Listen, nobody who... You don't change things, you don't make an impact without, without, without pissing some people off. You know what I mean? You gotta, you, you try to please everybody and you and will end up pleasing nobody. Right? Right. I understand, it's okay, you gotta make bold moves. Alright, so you're gonna play the song. What do you the wanna hear? You you wanna, hear me, I, yeah, I have other... Yeah, other. What do you want to do? You want another side? Alright, let's do this one. This, this song absolutely kills me. <clears throat> 
My mom will be stoked too because she loves I love this song. Oh gosh. And during this key, let's see. All right. It's my life right now. It's my life. This song's called Other Side is from my album Beautiful Pain. You can get it on iTunes. Here's another darker side of me inside. Trying to be seen, we fight, we try. On, 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 on. After the lights are gone, we used to love me. On and on and on and on. on. After the And she's like, well, how are they supposed to know it's about that? I mean, you can write it, you can recycle the same song very much. Very funny. Um, I started writing songs with lyrics and wrote currently when I was 19. Because of my love of the storm, she doesn't wait for me. And now that she's gone, I couldn't play it like that. I do, I did, I heard that today. I heard that too on my undertow. Oh, nice. At 19. That was, yeah, that was like the second or third song I wrote, ever wrote. Oh. <clears throat> I was 19 and I was so relieved because I was like, by that point, by the time I was 14, I knew undoubtedly that I 
wanted to okay, play so you music want, for my life. You don't want to be an astronaut anymore. <laughs> no, I mean, I would, I would go, I'd take, a, I'd take a trip to outer space. I'd conquer <laughs> some, some claustrophobia and make it out of um, No, and I had plenty of time to be a scuba diver and was not a husband yet and still am not and have never been so far. <laughs> um, but, uh, Although his girlfriend Hans with us. That's right, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Uh, but but anyway, but I I knew I wanted to play music. I knew it f- for certain. And the thing is, for me, I don't. I have a lot of very unorthodox ideas and theories, perspectives on things, people, and life in general. I mean, I could elaborate on them ad nauseum. But suffice it to say, it's very difficult for me to kind of play the game of modern day like economics and finance and things like that. I, I would much prefer. Uh, to just be able to be creative and think about being creative. I don't need to live an extravagant lifestyle by any stretch of the imagination. Do you not live an extravagant lifestyle? I do not live an mm-hmm. extravagant lifestyle. I live, I, my, I love, like my life is super awesome, but it's not extravagant. I get to do super fun stuff. But like I'm, what? Like tell us. Well, I get to go fly. I get to go to. I went, went to Paris and opened for Carlos Santana with a, you know. Okay, so yeah, so tell us the story. How you, like met, how, how you met your girlfriend? Well, yeah. that was well. That's actually not how we met, but that's okay. how that's how we reconnected. Um, when I went to Paris, I I, I had started a new band, a hip hop project, and um, through the the artist that I started the band with. He has a standing relationship with uh, Carlos Santana and had opened for him several times, uh, many times before, and we used the opportunity to showcase for that new project. But, I mean, you know, all kinds of stuff, just, you know, you get to do, in, in this business, you're either treated like royalty or like garbage, you And know? So, so you do you do go over to Europe and play. I do, I love it there so much. That's one of the things, like, I love, I love Germany, France, uh, Italy. And he's having an intercontinental romance. I know, right? With so, a woman in Germany, and mm-hmm. they commute, and they have worked it out. Exactly. They are working it out. Exactly. They meet in Paris. They go to Paris. <laughs> just <laughs> saying. She's talking just, to someone. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> just saying that somehow it's worked. But yes. anyway. But no, I don't live, like, you know, it's not, not super crazy. I, I don't. I don't need all that kind of stuff. All I want to do is be able to play music, make yummy, healthy food from like real stuff. That's kind of what I want. You know, I could live in a, in a self-sustaining thing. I don't need to be in a city. I live in, in Venice. I don't like to leave the West Side. You know what I mean? I love touring and traveling. It's my favorite way to travel. Okay. On tour um, because you, you've, you've cut out a lot of the bullshit. You know? So let's talk about some of the people that you've okay. done that with. Yeah, that I've toured with. Yeah. Well, do you have it written down? I so, okay, so so my list is probably just not. Oh, wait a minute. Rick Smolke, my my mm-hmm. my printer guy. Yes. My guy, um, our guy, told me that you do a Christopher Walken impression. Oh my God! Did he see me do a Walken? He no, did. I have, listen, I do accents better than I do. Impressions. I saw it on YouTube. Really? Was I, it any good? On there? Yeah. I, so never, I never watch any of my own stuff. You can't. You, 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 you're not going to give us a little walk. I have to give you some walking. You have to, oh God! You have to, wait, one second. Which one? I don't know. But I, no walking. All the walking. The walking lines that I know are like you don't. The not safe for work. The like kiddos. Yeah, there's, 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 yeah. no, there's no, no I guess this, I guess there's no censorship. Yeah. All right. Let's maybe I'll do a little. Maybe I'll throw in a little walking. Okay. Good. But I can. No, I'll do oh, it. Oh. Like okay. Right. You'll do. You'll do it when it comes to you. Yeah. When you feel like it. Okay. So wait. Wait. Where's my list? Dave Grohl does it an incredible walking. And the well, thing is, I'm. 
close friends with Jay Moore, who is genius. I, I've known Jay since he was a kid. Okay, yeah, so he does an unbelievable. And Kevin Pollock did it in the yes. living room. Kevin does an amazing. He does an amazing. Jay's walking. That's the that's the walk. Yeah, Jay, Jay's is. Oh, oh well, you he's know. Colin. I, yeah. Have you heard his Colin Quinn? No, Jay I don't Moore. Think I have. It, when Jay Moore impersonates <laughs> Colin Quinn, he is Colin Quinn. Yes. There is no absolutely <laughs> no way. The best, the Kevin Pollock, where he fooled Alan Arkin into thinking that it was him leaving a message. He left, Kevin Pollock tells a story where he leaves a message on Alan Arkin's uh, voicemail uh, as Alan Arkin. Because he what? does a perfect Arkin. Yes, he does. I know that he so, does. And I he confused Alan. Alan. <laughs> this oh, this is fantastic. Himself. Yeah. Oh, this is fantastic. Um, it's, it's possible Adam's watching. Adam, sometimes um, we, you know, we're Facebook friends, and you never know. Adam could be out there watching you right now. This could be happening. Yes. Love the Arkins. Um, okay, so so you played with you played with Coldplay. How'd that happen? Uh, that was really cool. That was that was uh, I think it was a case uh, no uh, KCRW thing. Uh, even the radio station KCRW yeah. in LA. Nick Harcourt was the dude at the time. Okay, he was a fan. Um, and became a friend. He really got behind me in the beginning. When, when currently, that was my first single. Play, play a little. Play some Well, the chorus goes, uh, "You are my undertow, caught in a riptide, and I am currently in love with you." It's so great. Yep. And then now I, I jazz it up. I listened to that about ten times this morning, actually. <laughs> you know, like, nice. Now I can actually. Play. You know the fact that that. Like the first song you wrote, like holds up all these years later. That's pretty amazing, and that's the thing yeah. about all your songs. Thank they are you. time. You, you are a timeless artist. You really are. Thank you so much. Well, you, I write music. That's kind of what I was getting toward when I was rambling on and on about world economics. <laughs> is that like for me? I create music because I have passion to do so. I mm -hmm. do it. I, I make. I create the music that I want to listen to, and I want to. I trust that other people will want to listen to it if and I want to listen to it. That's been the case so far. Well, there you go. You know. Yes. I, uh, but it's never about accomplishing any other goal. And to me, that's why I'm comfortable being a musician. That's why I decided that that's what I wanted to do for my whole life when I was 14. Because. It's not, I'm not doing it for money. I'm not doing it for, I don't, I don't need anybody or anything. I can be alone. I don't need an audience even. I don't even need an instrument, you know? You know, I just watched yesterday again, Neil Gaiman. You know Neil Gaiman? Mm -hmm. he's, he's a writer. He's a, 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 sold gazillions of books. And he, he had a commencement speech a, a few years ago called Make Good Art. Yeah. And he was basically, you know, if you, if you are depressed, make good art. If you're this, make good art. And he was basically saying that he didn't. He got advice from Stephen King early in his career to have fun, exactly. and he said he didn't really have fun because he was chasing. He was always, you know, always chasing the next thing, chasing the next thing, and he didn't enjoy yes. his, his tremendous success. Now he is later in life, yes. but um, he was saying that if the times when he did something for the purpose of making money, right. that those were never the things that succeeded. I just can't do it. I can't do it. Me it either. Like but this is why I started this show, exactly. The Road Taken, mm -hmm. uh, uh, ce Celebrity Maps to Success, How People Manage to Merge Creativity with Commerce. Absolutely. Because it's still a challenge yeah, for me. No, absolutely. I love what I do, like so passionately. I love everything that I do. But the dollars aren't really attached to mm -hmm. it, much to my mother's 
dismay. No. Yes, Ma, I'm not getting a job for Uber, and Uber just got busted, actually. But uh, but another thing, well, they, in Europe, they're going to make the Uber have the same standards as taxi drivers, and it's going to screw everything oh, up. Like They're going to make them give benefits and yeah. treat their employees like real taxi yeah. services do, and that's going to be kind of a mess for Uber. Sure. But, um, but so... The purpose of this show is yeah. to inspire artists and to help them to move themselves forward. So Absolutely. you and I agree that commerce is not the thing that drives us. They can't be the, the core of what And yet you've is. managed to to do pretty well. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, a lot of that's your mom. <clears throat> well, sure, she's definitely helped out a lot. But it's, it's not, I mean... I, I attribute a lot of that to her, but the truth is, it now kind of a lot of it runs itself because I yes. have a relationship with music supervisors, so they seek me Absolutely. out, and it's and it's great. It's 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 a matter of her now kind of maybe pulling, you know, pulling. Okay, so if you were gonna, if we want to offer some some motivation, some inspiration, yeah. some help, some guidance, some tools, yeah, we'll share okay. some of your stuff, like. What is it about your work ethic? What is it about your passion? What is it that gets your stuff moving forward and keeps you moving forward? Would you say it's it's the it's the the connection to the music, the passion for creativity, and the the ever deepening connection and knowledge <clears throat> that I have about myself mm -hmm. and, the, and the universe. Self awareness, Absolutely. fabulous. Because that's what uh, with, without that I wouldn't. There's no way I would do that. I would not. I wouldn't volunteer to be in the music business, in the music industry. Like if I was in industry, if I was going for a job, a business mm -hmm. job, mm -hmm. the music business would be the last business that I would come in. And you know, it's a nightmare. So I don't like my. I only survive in it because I, I, I mean, I'm aware of it all, and I had my own damn label and stuff like that. Right. But right now, I'm kind of like, you know, I've done that. I've done this. I've done. The more I just focus on what I love, having fun, enjoying what I create, not trying to second guess or trying to please everybody. We said earlier tonight, when you try to please everybody, you end up overextending yourself. You please no one. It's the old, you know, you gotta, uh, in the airplane, if in case of an oxygen mask, put yours on first before trying to help others. Because you're useless if you're passed out. How are you gonna help anybody? So it's... Without that, that's what I say to everybody. I was just recently the artist in residence for a convention, uh, an organization called SVN, Social Venture Network. Incredible organization. Ben Cohen from Ben & Jerry's is, is a, one of the board members. And stuff. Oh, wow. All socially conscious, ecologically, environmentally conscious entrepreneurs. And there's some billionaires in this, in this group, you know? And when I talk to them, I don't talk about money, you know? And I talk, well, I talk a little bit so, about okay, so tell, so, being so good. So talk to them. So, so what, right. do you, what do you tell them? Well, I, say, I mean, so tell, I tell also, us I what you tell them. I also a musical uh, keynote for, uh, for a really, really cool thing called Move the Crowd in New York. Recently, India Ari was, was the one last year before it was wow. a super honored position. Uh -huh. um, Mona Tavacoli from Jason Mraz and Raining Jane and all those bands was accompanying me. We did it as a duo. I spoke, and one of the things that I said to everybody is, be Tell careful us. you don't become okay. a money collector. Otherwise, you'll end up with a big collection of money and nothing else. You know? It's, you got it. No matter what you're doing, do not lose sight. The more successful you will get, the more money they make, the more corruptible they become. And like I was saying before, we think we know how we're going to feel about something. 
but we don't really know until we get there. You know, most of us are the kid that goes up on the high dive board and stands there for three hours terrified until they finally jump off and then they can't wait to get back on and do it right. again. You know, so we sometimes don't know ourselves as well as we may hope to. So you gotta give yourself a chance to experience those things. In, in order to do it. And a lot of times people lose sight. They start off with a project, they'll start a company uh, or a nonprofit or something with the, the hopes to really help people. Mm -hmm. And then it gets to the point where it's like, well, you can help people or you can have a little bit extra, maybe not help quite so many people. And then pretty soon before you know it, you're not helping anybody but yourself. And, and, and you, but you have it all rationalized and justified in your mind because you have the best of intentions and you start off in the right place. Okay, so what I'm getting, Louise, help me on this. Stick not, to not, maintain integrity. I feel like you just described politicians. Oh, exactly, well, right? The, the world, yeah. The distraction from what's actually going on. So, so, what I'm getting from from you is, be true to yourself. Yes. Make the music. Do create, create the, the art. The art create the art that is true to you. Mm. Are you okay? Is part of this? That if you do what you love, you do it well, you stay true to yourself, yeah. that you'll be able to live, that you'll support that you yourself. Will absolutely. That, the, that a lot of the things that, that, uh, that seem like square pegs going into round holes mm -hmm. start to shift to the, to the, to the square holes. And then people the round find, pegs. So people around. will find you? Yes, people will find you. You will point yourself. All we do is point ourselves in a trajectory and then try to try to go that way. We maintain a focus. We go, I need, I, I'm here okay, so and I want to get over there. So we do have a focus. Absolutely. We're not just in our own little, we have a focus. No, no but the focus, to me, the, the, the underlying focus is always just to be true to yourself, true mm -hmm. to your art. Create something that, that, that moves you mm -hmm. because you're going to find other people who do it. It might not be every 8 to 12 year old girl in the Midwest. But that's okay, you know what I mean? So much, so many people, uh, all they want is is fame and money, you know? And and I get it, I totally understand. Listen, I grew up in a celebrity family. Hell it's yeah. It's a rite of passage. I'm, I'm, I'm tr tragically under famous for my family, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, you, you know what I mean? And so on one hand, it's I don't give a shit about it, it means nothing to me. I grew up with it around me always. But on the other hand, it's also kind of a rite of passage growing up to be, you know what I mean? It's that's my I was never bar mitzvah, that would be my bar mitzvah, you know what I mean? You weren't? <laughs> so, no. I'm 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 uh, like to me my Judaism is an ethnicity. I think my I too. think of it that way. My so, too. I mean, we are not an especially religious people, but yes. we are very have an amazing, tremendous ethnicity that is. Okay, so so it's hard to coming from you because you come from all of that right. and you've had that and you've lived that life. I didn't live that life, but I'm in sort of the same place as mm -hmm. you. I feel the same way. I have the same sort of approach is I have to do what feels right to me, what I'm passionate about, put it out there. I what I've discovered is that I'm I might not ever get well, I, I hope to, but I mean, I, abundance is not what I direct myself towards, mm -hmm. but I've always had enough. And I've always, I've never backslid in my life ever. Yeah. You know, I've never, yeah, it's all been That's, forward motion. Exactly. Well, we only actually move forward. Yeah. So we can point ourselves whichever direction we want, but we're always taking the next step, next step. 
If you turn yourself in a direction you don't want to go, you will continue moving forward in the wrong direction. That is so interesting. You will continue moving forward mm -hmm. in the wrong direction. Wow. I love that. The question I posed to the, uh, the move the crowd uh, people at that, mm -hmm. at that thing when I was a musical keynote, I said, imagine you are walking and you have a goal in mind, you know, you, I'm going to get to there, and I'm on foot, and I'm walking, walking, walking until my legs are burning and my shoes have disintegrated and my feet are covered in blisters, and then I realize that I've been walking the wrong direction, you know? And where I needed to go was actually that direction backwards. So what do I do? And most people, I mean, when they make those kinds of mistakes, we beat ourselves up. We go, I'm right. such an idiot, what do I do? And, and, and half the time, we end up we keep going in the wrong direction. We just keep on going strong and wrong. Here I go. I've been doing it this long. Here I go. Because the idea of turning around and and walking back, making up all of that time. But you got to do it. You got to just go. You get don't don't waste time. Just turn around. And okay. So wait. Wait. So wait. There's two ways of looking at this. Now there's one way of looking at that is there is no wrong direction. That sure. everything is for a purpose. So if I've walked this way and it seems to be the wrong. Mm -hmm. I needed to go there for some reason. Yeah. That There's is the attitude that can definitely help you to not waste time, uh, you know. Hey, let's depression. see what's over there. I'm over yeah. here. Exactly. Let's see what's going on over here. Maybe there's something over here I can do. I don't know that I'm walking all the way back and going there. I don't know if I'm doing that. Absolutely. You're right. Absolutely. This is very good thinking. Very good thinking. I hadn't I considered that specific thing. For me, mostly, it's about about trying to, to help people to, to identify with that feeling of like, oh shit, I just, you miss the exit on the freeway and the next one's 10 miles away and you're gonna have to turn around and go back 10 miles and blah, blah, blah. We, we, can, we can paralyze ourselves when we start to We think can, that. but you know what? On the way back, I'm gonna see this really cute farm stand that mm -hmm. has some really good tomatoes or something. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, yes, I, the really, of the entire journey. I really do believe yeah. that there are no accidents, there are no mistakes. Yeah. I am I am a person that I am not going to go back yeah. and go back to where I was supposed to go. I'm going to figure out what I can do over here. That's just my way of I doing agree it. completely. It fits so, perfectly with the you only you only move forward anyway. So and I, and that I've never heard before, mm -hmm. which I love. Anson Williams, if you're listening, mm -hmm. Anson's my move forward guy. He's my move forward guru. Always move forward, Vicky. Keep moving forward. But you know what? According to Keaton, and I love this, I'm always moving That's forward, right. which I hadn't considered before, except, except in the case when I'm thinking about the past. You know, it's like that expression, if, you're, if you've got one foot in the past and one foot in the future, you're pissing on the present, right? Yeah. And, right? So, so, but that's the thing is that, you know, if, I, if I'm focused on, the, on things that I cannot change, right. if I'm thinking about the mistake that I made, yeah. then I'm not moving forward. Then I'm stuck. Exactly. Right? And so to get unstuck, for me, it's about stopping thinking completely and it's about just taking an action, whatever it is. And that's why setting your intention, setting your focus, but then being open and flexible. Mm. Allow the journey to take whatever shape it takes. If you try to micromanage too much, end up doing a lot of future tripping, Absolutely. then you get connected, you, you develop, create expectations. It's just a setup, you know? The thing is not to have low expectations or no expectations. It's about having realistic expectations, flexible expectations. Expectations lead to resentments. Absolutely. Resentments are, uh, expectations are the building blocks of resentments. Resentments Absolutely. are the poison. Anyway, there's all this 12-step stuff around that oh, I'm a 12-stepper. So, uh, so, okay, so 
as do you have a is there a you've got do you have a goal is there my a goal, goal you're my on? goal is to create music that that moves me and and connects that other people connect with as well okay. i want to increase my audience so i would like to have an increase an ever increasing audience of people to perform for Excellent. i'd love for there to be more people coming to my shows my ultimate goal is to be able to tour and play my whole for the rest of my life ideally and be able to sell out the venues that i'm playing they don't have to be 20,000 seaters. They don't even have to be a thousand seaters. I would I just want people to be as enthusiastic about sharing it with me as I am about sharing it with them. And so I put that out there. I enjoy my performances regardless of any other contributing circumstances, or I allow them to filter through me however they want to come. But some of the best performances I've ever given have been in front of a handful of people. And I've played everywhere from five people to fifty thousand people. And so uh, right now, to, to take us out, um, we're going to have Keaton uh, do another song. Yes. And um, I want to thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, I, I've enjoyed every second of it. Me too. We can hang and talk what? anytime. I love you. You're well, you have to. I, I promised El Latch. El, hi. Oh, yeah. that, that you'd come back and do Women Who Write. Oh, I will. I can't wait. And, that and, was uh, one was awesome. I, I, I can't wait to do that. Again. And so now when we do Women Who Write, we go live on Facebook for that as well. Yeah, yeah. And so we had over 6,500 people watching live. We had five oh, over 5,000 watching live. And then so, so we'll have a big audience for you when you come and back. That's supportive. That's supportive. A lot of people ask me, how, what's the most supportive? What's the best way to buy your music? Should I do it on iTunes? Do you get enough of a cut? And blah, blah. Yeah, how should they get your music? You know, I, for me, right now, the best way to get my music is on iTunes, unless you're there okay. live at a show. But I don't. my new record doesn't come out until next year. Okay. Um, but it's going to be great. I'm going to be on a, a cruise called Sail Across the Sun. It's train. They host this uh, Oh, nice. So, amazing. The It's, it's a, an extension of the rock boat, which I love and have loved for a decade. Um, so I can't wait. And I'm going to time the release, I believe, with which should be when? Should be in March. Okay, cool. So that's not that far away. So don't hold me to but it. But in the meantime, iTunes, and I'll have links. Absolutely. Just look up Keaton Simons in. Um, and spell Google. it correctly. Yeah. I didn't initially, but I got it right. That's okay. Everybody gets it wrong. K E T O N S I M O N S. Um, I even look up the hashtag for Keaton Simmons because there's tons of stuff. I go, oh, I never saw that picture. <laughs> my, my arch nemesis, Keaton Simmons, taking all my gigs, all my best gigs. I'm just kidding. No, okay. You hate that. I'm just saying. Because the double M. Uh, it's this guy's name on the marquee. Who am I chopping up? All right, so, we're gonna, so Keaton's going to take us out. Yes. And we'll see you next week on The Road Taken with his mom, Eliza. That's right. And, right. His, um, and his stepdad, Eric Roberts. And uh, we'll be on the road. Louise Wine will be on the road. We'll see you then. Yeah, I hope I didn't talk too much crap about my mom and Eric. Left no stone unturned. Left every leaf and lizard With your face down in the dirt Too blind to be forgiven Well, the sands of time are soft and fine They slip right through your fingers You see, you're looking for inspiration The noose is slowly tightening. Newton and